0: Welcome to another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. Scott Boatwright here. Yeah, we got a great show for you. Unfortunately, it's going to be abbreviated. That's the only unfortunate part. Uh, We won't have a live band performance tonight. Unfortunately, the entertainer that was supposed to play tonight came down with a head cold. We wish her well. Uh, We'll reschedule, and um, she will play for us in the near future. Anyway, we've got all kinds of great videos for you, and we have an amazing interview that I'm looking forward to checking out with you. Uh, David Singleton, the manager of Robert Fripp and King Crimson, they've got a uh, show coming up at the Magic Bag October 4th. That's coming up next week, and they're going to be doing a music-slash-Q&A discussion kind of thing for the audience so you'll you'll get all the information you need in the interview. So without further ado, um, let's uh, start out with uh, my all-time favorite song of King Crimson's, "Red." Sessions Live. Scott Boatwright here. And this afternoon, as promised, I have the gentleman David Singleton, Robert Fripp's manager. How you doing, David?
1: I'm very well. Good to be with you, Scott.
0: All right. So you got this tour that uh, you're doing with Robert Fripp. It's called An Evening with That Awful Man and His Manager. I wanted to ask you, um, uh, which one's which?
1: Well, that's Um, I'm obviously that very, very nice manager, which means Robert must be that awful man. (laughs) Um, I've begun several of the evenings by suggesting that we've brought people there under false pretenses because I'm not sure that really Robert is as awful as he is made out to be.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: being a manager is only one of my roles and it's possibly the one in which I'm least interested. So. it's a fun it's a fun description as um, we originally called it an evening with uh, Robert Fripp and David Singleton. It was a wag on the internet who actually added oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh what a, it's one of those days. Hold on. <sighs> <laughs> let me silence that. Okay. Right. Um, um, yeah. where are we? How are we gonna do that?
0: that's okay
1: where should we go from Um, that's what live
0: radio is all about you know
1: (laughs) good there we are so we're back to that awful man and his manager and yes we originally called it an evening with Robert Fripp and David Singleton and it was a wag on the internet who came up with the title oh that awful man and his manager and uh, I originally told Robert well I don't really want to be described as the manager It's only one of my many roles. Robert said, oh, I'm not so sure about being that awful man. And here we are with an evening with that awful man and his manager.
0: (laughs) You ever thought about maybe like saying switching places like, you know, this evening, you know, you're the manager that the next evening you're the awful man.
1: (laughs) I I think possibly we should. It'll keep things interesting. So, yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So there's a a lot of questions that are asked throughout the evening. What is one of the most um, common ones or type of questions that come up?
1: The most exciting ones I find that when people ask about their own creative practices, uh, you get any number of questions, but I think we've had a series. The one question that has come up every night, but in different forms, I think the very first person, a lady asked, uh, how can ordinary people learn to do extraordinary things, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful way of wording? We had a guitarist who said um, I have huge difficulty finishing my projects a songwriter who Actually similarly was very good at beginning songs, but found it difficult to complete songs. So I, I find it uh, Probably the most exciting, I think, when you realize you're addressing a group of creative people and hopefully we can offer interesting advice or mm-hmm. experiences about how you do, do something which is really very difficult, which is take an idea. You know, you, I think all creative people, you start with a perfect idea and then you've got to somehow drag it into the world, you know, because the, and the world is always imperfect. It's always a bit messy. You'll never release something that's as perfect as what you imagine, so mm-hmm. how, how you do it. Uh, and finally, achieve something so you really do complete your project and you do release it, and yeah. people can really go and hear it. And it's a skill you have to learn. So I think partly that question comes up every night, as well as people wanting to know stories about what it was like when Robert was working with David Bowie or mm-hmm. Blondie or the Damned or whatever. So it's it's a mixture of people wanting to know interesting stories from the past and asking probably more philosophical questions about
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Particularly with Robert, how he lead, how we lead our lives. Um, I think the most challenging question I've been asked yesterday, to which I won't give another answer because I wasn't happy at the time, was what does existence mean to you?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's There a you word. go. It's it,
1: it's it's that that's what so it's an evening that will go anywhere. You you really do feel very exposed. You're sitting up there in front of a group of people, and you say, Okay, ask us a question, any question you like. Mm-hmm. And um you have to deal with it as best you can. So it certainly keeps you on your toes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, we could tell our viewers or listeners that, um, you know, within reason, anything goes, they can come to the there that evening and they can ask just about anything they want, right?
1: Yes, I think the way Robert uh, words it is he really, we would like burning questions that only Robert and David can answer in other words, ideally not casual questions to which you can easily answer, find the answer on the internet because lots of you know, lots of the questions people, if you do a quick internet search, you'll find the questions already been answered. Mm-hmm. So it's most fun when people ask questions that have a real resonance with them as in, oh, I really, really, really do want the answer to this. It's not casual and ideally something that if it's something that only we know, then we will do it. We will give it our best shot to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And thus far, I think we've, Done about ten of these evenings so far, mm-hmm. and they've all been different. They've all been exciting, and certainly talking to fans as they walk out, everyone feels that they've received something of value. So it's it's been a worthwhile endeavor. It's good. Okay.
0: Um, so how long have you been with um, Robert Fripp?
1: We first in nineteen eighty nine, and he. Uh, he sacked his sound engineer halfway through a tour, an American tour. And, and I was working in a studio in England, which Robert also used to frequent. And he obviously phoned the studio owner and said, did he know anyone who'd be able to take over a tour at short notice? Mm-hmm. And uh, the person, Tony Arnold, in fact, turned turned around to me and said, what are you doing in two weeks time, David? And I said, I don't know, I'm free. He said, well, do you fancy flying to Seattle? And uh, being the sound engineer on a League of Crafts guitarist tour for Robert Fripp, (laughs) which I did. And we evidently got on well together because I think I've worked on every single Robert uh, album that Robert has done ever since.
0: Wow. Um, So he has his wife, Toya, of course, and he does those Sunday lunches with her. Um, Who's been with uh, him longer, you or Toya?
1: Toya, by four or five years, I think. I can't remember the exact date they got married, but it was in the mid-1980s. So, um, yes. So Toya, Toya has had the, the joys of that awful man longer than I have.
0: <laughs> well, one could argue that point if you ask a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's honestly been a pleasure. I think I, I get asked about... That a lot, and um, I. Although I know Robert has a reputation for being awful, uh, which I think is largely because he prioritizes music
2: mm-hmm. above
1: everything above everything else. Um, as one of the band members in the recent King Crimson put it, you know, it's nice to have a major hard ass who is willing to do whatever is necessary to make the music as good as it possibly can be every night. Yeah, and. In being willing to do that, some people obviously will feel that you're being awful to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's. Uh, uh, but Robert and I share that aim and share our business aims,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and therefore, uh, therefore, I've never met that awful man because <laughs> possibly we're both equally awful. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds like you're both perfectionists. I mean, I mean that in a good way. And unfortunately, there's a lot of musicians that, you know, let's just get this done. I mean, it's not that they're Mm. not into doing the music, but they don't want to spend, you know, the time to really Mm. make it exactly perfect. Um, I know that. Go ahead.
1: No, you keep going. Keep going.
0: I was going to say, there. there's a lot of other musicians that, you know, I've heard that are the, have been the same way, but don't have the reputation that Robert Fripp has. I remember reading a interview about um, Jimi Hendrix when he was doing Electric Ladyland. He drove everybody crazy because he had to do a million takes of a certain um, part of a song because he was looking for a certain sound. And he wasn't going to, you know, quit until he got what he wanted. You know, he wasn't trying to be a tyrant or anything. Go ahead.
1: No, and I think the uh, the issue of perfection is also something that's come up at our evenings. And it's fascinating because in one way, you're absolutely right that probably both, both Robert and I aspire to perfection, certainly. Um, but there is also a point at which you have to learn that you won't achieve it. Uh You will whenever you take a perfect idea and the album whatever whatever is finally released will never be perfect i think that artists who struggle with finishing their projects it is because they're forever chasing the nth degree of perfection and you have to accept that at some point or other i think there's a phrase on a sufficiency as Mm -hmm. in once once something is good enough as in this and by that, I don't mean that it's inferior anyway. I mean, we now have a statement that fulfills the need. The song is whatever this is. This is a recording of the song that can go out into the world and the world can you know, um, hear it. Mm-hmm. At some point or other, you have to learn to let your projects go and say, no, now it's now it's time for the project to go out into the world. So perfection is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's It's very, very healthy to aspire to perfection and do everything you can reasonably do to chase perfection, but you also have to live in the real world with what is possible.
0: I or would uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would almost compare it to, to, like, every song is, like, your child, you know? You, yes. you try to, like, um, raise and nurture that child as, as well as you can, but there's a point where you have to let them go on their own and say, look, you know, you got to let things happen the way they're going to happen you know
1: it's, it's exactly like it's, it's a very good analogy and music once it's released so if you take the same analogy of you raise a child and then you you send the child out into the world with your ongoing support obviously but the the same is true of music because the music changes and takes on a life of its own once you've let it go mm-hmm you know, I mean, I think we're all aware of that. But, you know, the, so What once a song goes out, because as people hear it, a song gains. Some listen, to. You know, if you listen to a, a well-known hit, for example, that's no longer the same song that the artist actually originally released, because mm-hmm. it's now well, it's now that well-known hit and you've heard it all over the world and you know that lots of people have loved it. So it gains a um, I can't describe it, but you know, there is something added to that song by its reputation and by all the people who've heard it and all the people who've loved it. So, yes, mm-hmm. it's exactly like children that go out into the world and then they have their own life once you send an out. Al- so so the very first 21st century "Schizo man from 1969 with King Crimson, when somebody hears it now, that's not really quite the same as when the very first person heard it on the record the very first time in 1969, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it has now got 52 years worth of history added to that recording although it's exactly the same recording
0: but it's looked at completely sense? different yeah. yeah you know yes, exactly. just, yeah. Yeah. and i would imagine that uh, most musicians most good musicians you know when they finally do release a song they're probably still like worried about it just like you are with a child you know like okay is that child going to be okay is that child going to be able to survive same with the song is it really the best I could have done
1: with that? Yes. And that's the other thing that I think every artist we assume when we hear something that it's to us, it's perfect. If I listen to a Beatles song, it's perfect. And even if I think there's something slightly strange about it, it's a perfect imperfection. In other words, I love the thing that they released, but the musicians who made it never hear it that way. If mm-hmm. you talk to, uh, I, I, if you listen to a Paul McCartney interview, he'll probably say, "Oh, I, I know with Love Me Do,' he's oh, hated the way I sung that. Listen, I hate the way I sung that note." Yeah. Or, or if you go back to 21st century's so Man with and Crimson, um, the fans will all know this is the song. I love it. I I know every note of this recording. Isn't it wonderful? Mm-hmm. Robert Fripp will say, "Oh God, I hate the way. You know, I didn't have much time to play that. So he remembers the recording and the flawed process and the fact that." late in the evening because time was running out i only had one take to take that solo Mm -hmm. so yes you're right the artists the artists always have to live with the the flaws or the the worries about the recording Mm -hmm. in a way that the public never do, because they just accept it here it is this is what it is
0: okay so I think we've yep. kind of explained why Robert Fripp has gotten this reputation over the years. Yes. You know, everybody thinks yep. that he's such a awful man, you know, but in <laughs> respect he's he's just you know wants to come out with the best product possible, the best music that he can he can.
1: Yeah. Yes and and in live live music the same. So he believes that the band should be putting on a concert at which the music could and hopefully will change the lives of the people who hear it, Mm -hmm. which is different to a, you know, let's just roll up and have lots of flashing lights and we'll play the songs to you and you can all cheer and take lots of pictures and go home. There's nothing to say. I've been to concerts like that, by the way, and with many bands and I love them. But if you aspire to trying to put on an event where something completely other and wonderful can happen, you you do become that awful man, because you put demands and you say, oh, we, you know, we, we don't we don't want to have photography and we want the lights to be like this and, we want the, and the venue needs to be the right venue and the sound needs to be, you know, the right sound music so people can really hear all the notes because otherwise, what is the point of having a band that practices all year to deliver a perfect performance if when you get there, nobody's really listening and you can't hear it because the sound is terrible and
2: yeah.
1: whatever. So you're right. It's... Um, And if you place those demands, I don't know, I'm not sure that I would describe someone who did that as awful, but yes, (laughs) (laughs) you're demanding, you're demanding, maybe not awful, but you are demanding.
0: Yeah. So after all these years, what, what has started this? I know he's, you know, again, I can only go by what I've read. I really don't know Robert Fripp personally, but he's noted for not wanting to do interviews, not talking to anybody, journalist or otherwise.
1: Robert is a very private man. he is a very unlikely well um he isn't a rock star i think Robert would not would hate the term a rock star, but he's a very unlikely public figure mm. i think he's he's actually a very private man. his sensibilities are closer to being those of a classical musician i think than than, than a than a rock musician. Yeah. If if we take a, if we take a general cliche of what those two people are like, he, his sensibilities are really closer, I think, to being a classical than a, a rock musician, yeah. and so he's he is strangely cast in the life <laughs> that he leads.
0: <laughs> and now he's um, opened up for and, everybody.
1: And and now because of the, the work with his with his wife, he's opened up. But even that is not quite the same because they film them themselves. They're having fun. I think he he is willing to go places for his wife that he wouldn't for anybody else. Um, But those videos literally are filmed at home in his kitchen on his Mm. wife's um, iPhone. Oh, wow. (laughs) Home movies. uh, It it, it could not be more of a home movie. Mm,
0: That's nice. So you two gentlemen, you're going to be at the Magic Bag in Ferndale on October 4th. Yes, uh, and
1: we encourage anyone who wants to come, if they have a question, uh, our our perfect questions, our burning questions, only Robert or me can answer. And sort of by burning question, we simply mean if there's rather than something casual, which if you Googled it, you can find the answer because we've given it a lot of times before. But if there's mm -hmm. something that someone would really like to know uh, that will hopefully help them to move forward with their lives in a wonderful way or whatever <laughs> you know, and, and if only we can answer it. those but actually all the questions aren't like that but those are those are the questions probably that resonate with a whole room of people because they're not casual if you understand mm-hmm. what i mean it's, it's something so so we end up having a conversation that is important and fun for everyone but we're also oh. there to have a good time so if you want to know robert's stories about working with uh, David Bowie or The Damned or Blondie or whoever, mm-hmm. we can also cover that.
0: All right. That sounds like uh, a wonderful time. And you said that uh, there's even music involved, right?
1: And yes, so we, we play various um, bits of video during the evening. We actually open with some outtakes from the documentary in The Court of the Crimson King, mm-hmm. which has been... Uh, was announced yesterday, I think, that that movie is, uh, is going to be shown, I think, on the 19th of October in independent cinemas, hopefully throughout America. Uh, so it, it's a it's the very first documentary ever about King Crimson. It's been four years in the making, which is a different story. It's taken forever to, to push this movie through to completion. Mm-hmm. But it now exists. It's, it's, it's been very successfully shown at some festivals. Um, I know King Crimson fans have been annoying us forever trying to find out when they can see it to which there is now an answer they can see it on the <laughs> night. But, but we, we, we show some snippets of that before we come on and we mm-hmm. also show some exclusive live performances as well.
0: That sounds awesome. So again, that's coming up October 4th at the Magic Bag in Ferndale. I Last I checked, excuse me, there's still tickets available for that?
1: Yes, I think there are tickets. The um, it's been none of them have been sold out i probably shouldn't be saying that i I should be telling gosh what a roaring success but um it's wonderful in that i think a lot you might say the right people have come those who have come have really wanted to be there wanted to have answers which have made for great evenings but yes there is so if you want to come along we encourage you
0: yeah so it's like more of an intimate evening with robert fripp which you probably never thought you'd ever hear those words
1: no, and I think, I think many of the fans have been thinking, well, what is this evening? Because it's probably the last thing they could imagine that would ever be offered to them. Yes, it is an intimate evening with me and Robert. Sit there, listen to us, ask us questions.
0: <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you'll understand it, but we have an expression here in America, so hell froze over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think Helge did probably just freeze over, yes. Yeah. There's an Eagle album, Eagles album based on that title, isn't there? I think yes. That phrase is. yes, a tour
0: and everything, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Something you would never expect would have happened. It's finally happened. Yeah. All right, well, I hope you stick around for just a second real quick after we're done with this, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, David. I really appreciate yep. it. I enjoyed it. I hope you did, too.
1: I did, too. Thank you very much.
0: And I hope that everybody uh, that is a King Crimson fan gets their tickets and goes to the Magic Bag on October 4th.
1: Look forward to seeing them there.
0: All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. David Singleton, the manager of Robert Fripp. All right, we're going to do some videos now. We're going to start off with one that was just sent to me a couple of days ago. So, by the way, if you want to figure out how to do that, send one to me. Um, you can send it to 11 Mile Sessions or um, just get a hold of us. We'll figure it out. Anyway, a gentleman named Adrian George along with a, another guy named Brandon Bittner. This is a video called Reasons. Reasons.
3: to be by
2: You
0: All right, that is the band Strangeheart, and that is a, their new video, Flip the Switch. And that's off a brand new album. They got a release party coming up in just a couple of weeks. I don't have the information in my noggin right now, but that's okay. Mark your calendars. If you enjoyed that, you like that band, two weeks from tonight, we're going to have them here to do a live performance for you. And speaking of before that, that was Cat Stay, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I've seen the name written many times, and I've booked her for a sh- couple of shows, but I've yet to pronounce her name in her presence. Anyway, that was a tr- that was a track called "Don't Push Me Away," and she is going to be here next week. So if you enjoyed that, then mark your calendars again and check her out as she does a live band performance. Yeah, I'm hoping you enjoyed everything that you've uh, seen and heard so far tonight. Um, we got a couple more uh, videos to go. Again, no live band performance. Unfortunately, the scheduled performer fell sick, which does happen here in Michigan. You know that. Anyway. We're going to finish off with a couple of videos. Both these members are going to be playing the Berkeley Coffee House Saturday night. I think doors are at 7, and I think uh, it starts around 8. Anyway, it's Ladyship Warship, who have also played on this show, and Angel of Mars. I think you're going to enjoy both these videos. Uh, Ladyship Warship is going to start off with a track called Higgs Boson Blues which actually is a Nick Cave and Bad Seeds cover. And actually Nick Cave is aware of this video and this song, and he gives his stamp of approval. So that gives you an idea of what we're looking at. Then we're going to finish off with Angel of Mars, a track called Siren and Scorpio, some really good stoner rock, which is near and dear to my heart, as all things are anyway. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed everything. Finish off with these two, and I'll see you next week. 11 Mile Sessions Live.